Take your Bibles with me this morning and turn with me to John chapter 7. John chapter 7. We're going to read, I believe, a familiar passage of Scripture, but I want to investigate it in some kind of different light here today. So take your Bibles, turn to John chapter 7. We're going to begin reading in verse 33, and stand with me if you will. Jesus said, I am with you for only a short time, and then I will go to the one who sent me. You will look for me, but you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we cannot find him? Will he go where our people live scattered among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What did he mean when he said, You will look for me, but you will not find me, and where I am you cannot come? On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood And said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. On hearing his words, some of the people said, Surely this man is a prophet, the prophet. Others said, He is the Christ. Still others asked, How can the Christ come from Galilee? Does not the scripture say that the Christ will come from David's family and from Bethlehem, the town where David lived? Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. I'll say that again. Thus the people were divided because of Jesus. Some wanted to seize him, but no one laid a hand on him. Praise the Lord. Before you see to tell somebody, Don't suffer if you don't have to. Don't suffer if you don't have to. Praise the Lord. I had a fella in my church. This happened many years ago. Bill, his name was. Reen knows who he is. He's in heaven now. He's in glory. He accepted the Lord in church one Sunday. He had come out of the hospital and he was home. And after he was home for a period, they were getting ready to take him to the hospital again. The problem was Bill had a hard time walking came on him suddenly. He would go up the steps and he'd have to hold on to the railing. He'd have to almost pull himself up to the next step. And he couldn't walk very well. He, he started to get the shuffles. Okay, everybody knows about the shuffles? That's like when you wake up in the middle of the night and you're going across the floor. And you're <laughs> not really marching, you're just kind of shuffling. He couldn't walk very well. And he started to get shaky in his hands. Great concern for him. He even got so shaky that he couldn't feed himself. His wife was cutting up his food and trying to help him with the fork and everything. He was having dizzy spells. He'd uh, stop and just kind of have to hold on to something until he got his bearings. And it was almost like he was having a stroke in transition. Not something suddenly, but transitioning into a stroke. 
When they finally found out the problem, everybody was all amazed. The problem was that during the middle of the wintertime, Bill got dehydrated. You know, usually you worry about dehydration in the summertime. You're outside, you're sweating, you're out in the heat, it's hot, it's in the 90s, and you accumulate after a while that fluid's leaving your body and fluid's leaving your body. During the middle of wintertime, Bill got dehydrated. He wasn't drinking enough water. It became very serious, of course. He didn't know what he was doing or lack of doing. No one around him ever noticed anything. He's not drinking enough water. But sure enough, he was dehydrated. He kind of felt differently, but it came on him gradually. What I want to talk about today is spiritual dehydration. Comes on the same way. You don't notice it all of a sudden. You don't hit a wall and go, wow, what's this? You just transition a little at a time and a little at a time and a little at a time. Your Christian walk doesn't have the pep and the step. You're shuffling off to church. You're shuffling in your walk with the Lord. You're maybe not able to feed yourself as good as what you fed yourself before. You're lacking confidence. You're feeling weak. You're sensing a weakness coming over you. In fact, it's been so gradual, you don't even notice it that much. Spiritual dehydration. We learn to live kind of with the consequences. The same application that physically happens also happens spiritually. And sometimes these things can be very, very plaguing. The mistake that many Christians are making today is they're not keeping themselves spiritually hydrated. They haven't had a drink lately. They haven't had the cup of living water that Jesus has for all of us. They're walking past the opportunities that God has every day in our lives that a well of water will well up inside of us and spring forth to newness of life, putting that click in our heels and excitement to our walk. We're kind of just trudging along, making our way. My message today is about keeping ourselves spiritually hydrated. And we're going to make same applications as we would physically. Get this concept. You are not a spiritual camel. You know the camels? They get a drink and they go out in the desert and they go all the way across the Sahara Desert and walking in a a straight line. God made them to be able to do that. They've got wide hooves that don't sink down in the sand. As big as they are, they stay on the top of the sand. They don't have very large legs. They're very scrawny legs, so they don't need a lot of water down to their feet. They have pads on the bottom of their feet so they can walk on the hot sand. They're an ornery critter. They're determined they're going to keep on going. They're going to walk through any obstacle. Yet a camel is blessed with one major thing. A camel can drink water and go for days upon days upon days and not have any effect upon them. God did not make us to be spiritual camels. He wants us to stay hydrated. 
He wants us in his word regularly. He wants us in prayer regularly, daily. He wants to be talking with us. How would you like to be in relationship with someone and they're giving you the cold shoulder all the time? We're giving God the cold shoulder. We're not conversing with him. We're not fellowshipping with him. We're not spending time with him. It'd be like a couple, one working night shift, one working day shift. Hi, good morning. How are you? Okay, I'll be back. (laughs) We're doing that with God. We've got to be very careful about this. Sometimes we'll go through many times, there's a rainy season, and we're not capturing all we can catch during a rainy season. We just this morning in praise and worship had a rainy season. Did you have your cup turned up to catch it? Were you drinking enough? Where you're getting that wet sponge, you're going, mm, oh, oh. keeping yourself hydrated through praise and worship or the word? Or are we going through life sipping at mud puddles? You can see animals do it. If they're thirsty enough, they'll sip at mud puddles. Our world is getting worse every day. And you're going to have to keep yourself spiritually hydrated for the days we're living in. This is not the millennium, you've noticed. We are not in the millennium yet. We are like living on the Serengeti Plains. And it's not rainy season. And all the rivers have dried up. And all the opportunities for all kinds of water and the grass growing. That's not the season we're in. You've seen those things on television, on PBS or something, where you'll have lions and elephants and giraffes and everybody going to the watering hole all together. It's like, how are they doing that? Because the water, getting a drink is more important right now than killing each other. Turn your neighbor and say, you're not a spiritual camel. Verse 37. This is the first point of my message. Overcoming spiritual dehydration. It's in verse 37 in the passage that we've read. On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, if anyone is thirsty, he only said it once, I'm going to say it three times, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. If you're denying yourself that drink, you're denying yourself that drink. We know that physical thirst, when we get it, that we can satisfy it. Huh? We are, we are, man, I need a drink. One glass was not enough. I need another drink. We want to satisfy our thirst. How come we can have thirst spiritually and deny that? Not do anything about it. We're denying ourselves. Our spirit man is thirsty. And it's like a Seinfeld episode. No soup for you. <laughs> We're saying to our inner man, no water for you. No water for you. But I'm thirsty. No water for you. That's crazy, isn't it? But that's what we sometimes do to ourselves. Watch a football game. And when there's a timeout, what's the first thing they want to do with the players? Run out there and shoot water in their mouth. The guy doesn't even have to have a glass. Uh, <laughs> Stay hydrated all the time. What's that Gatorade bottle for? It's not to just dump on the coach. That's the, we got to drink this stuff. Okay? Hydrate yourself spiritually. Consciously do that. If you were dehydrated like Bill, you would have been drinking something. You need to be 
thirsting after the things of Jesus. And Jesus says, when you are thirsty, come to me. That's the word of God. Why is it in the word of God? Because that's the way it's supposed to be. Jesus wants you to come to him. Hallelujah. If anyone is thirsty, God always wants the spiritual thirsty to come to him. Why? Because God already knows there's no substitute for God. There's no substitute for God. You're not going to satisfy your spiritual thirst any other location than with God. The world's philosophies, and that's what we are being attacked with today, and we don't even realize it. The early church had to deal with Gnosticism, the philosophies of man. And what we have today, sweeping through the church, in and out the doors of the church, is philosophy. It's feel-good theology. It's not God theology. Who's the big people on television? Good, strong preachers of the Word of God? No. Touch you on the head, pat you on the head, and say, you're just wonderful. Let's give you some information that you're going to make you feel good about yourself. That's a lie from the devil. That's not going to satisfy anybody's spiritual thirst. That might get your wheels spinning up here and you're feeling, oh, yeah, this is really good. That's great. While people are going to hell, you're going to be patting people on the head and going, you're a good little boy. You're a good good little boy. The good little boy might be going to hell. It's all wrong. It's happening. Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55, we're going to read one passage of Scripture there. Verse 1, famous passage. You've read this and you've meditated on it. You've looked at it before and you said, ah. Okay, this is going to be an ah. Everybody say ah. Come all you who are thirsty. Come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Free. Free thirst quencher. Where do we go? Come to me. Free thirst quenchers from God. Hallelujah. God is inviting us to come to him. 700 years before Jesus comes, he prophesies this. And what did we just read Jesus said to the people? If you are thirsty, come to me. Hallelujah. This is an invitation by God continually to come to him, to come to him, to thirst and come to him, thirst and come to him, thirst and come to him. Nothing else is going to satisfy that thirst but God himself. No substitute. Praise the Lord. You know what that's like when you're really thirsty and your mouth's dry? That same experience has to happen spiritually. But it won't happen in the physical realm. You won't go, boy, I'm awful, awful dry for God. I'm really thirsting for God. You have to be in tune with your heart and your spirit to know, getting a little thirsty. (laughs) Need to be spending time. Haven't had a drink lately. I need to get all the opportunities for a drink of Jesus that I can get. Turn to your neighbor and say, you better fight spiritual dehydration. Okay, back to our passage in John chapter 7, verse 37. John 7, 37. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. If anyone 
is thirsty. Come to me and drink. Who has to do the moving? We do. Jesus is not going to be running on that field, squeezing the bottle. <laughs> Open him. Aha, aha, aha. Everybody taken care of? We have to be the ones who come to him. When? Oh, I'm already saved. I know the Lord. Why? I've been serving the Lord for 40 years. What do you mean I have to come to Jesus? I've come to Jesus. Keep on coming to Jesus. Keep on coming to Jesus. Keep on coming to Jesus. This is what he wants. Jesus is the source of living water. Just because Jesus offers a free drink doesn't mean we're drinking. He offers. Are we drinking? We have to be the ones that go to the source. We have to be the ones to get our cups full. We have to be the ones that are actually doing the drinking. Jesus is the spring. Jesus is the source. But we have to go to the source. All of those drinking bottles will tell you where that water's coming from, what the source of the spring is, where the uh, lake is, or whatever they're, wherever they're getting the water. Here's our problem. We get too little too late. Too little too late. And we're running, it would be like our car, always on E, just making it to the gas station. Just making it to the gas station. Fill up. Fill up. Keep filling up. Some of you are laughing because I go like that. Just making it to the gas station. Don't play catch up. What do I mean catch up? You'll get to a place where you could just learn, I'm dry, I'm really thirsty, I'm really thirsty. Maybe we ought to go to church this Sunday. Maybe we ought to, let's have a prayer. Okay? Then we're catching up. You know what the problem with ketchup is? Ketchup belongs on hamburgers and french fries. Ketchup. <laughs> Don't play ketchup spiritually. Keep yourself hydrated. Don't run the mile race and then drink a gallon. Stay hydrated before the race. We're all running a race for Jesus. Doesn't Paul tell us this? Run in such a way as to win? What's the winner do? He trains, yes, but he stays hydrated. He's well hydrated before the race. Get yourself prepared because you know you're going to be in a race. Praise the Lord. And this is an abundant supply. You have the favor of God on you. You have the favor of God on you. You notice that there's not a crowd of people outside lined up to come in. You notice that, why? We are the favored of God. We have God's favor on us. With God's favor on us, he wants us to have an abundant supply of that spiritual hydration that comes to us from him. Praise the Lord. Matthew 5, verse 6. I'm going to turn there for us right now. Matthew 5, 6, we have the Beatitudes. Blessed are the, blessed are the, okay. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. No hungering and thirsting for righteousness, no fill. 
hungering and thirsting for righteousness, you shall be filled. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's go to our last point. We're going to go to a passage of Scripture that Pastor Rodney mentioned last week. It's found in 2 Samuel chapter 23, and it's in verse 15 and 16. And here's what it says. David longed for water and said, Oh, that someone would get me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. God wants us to remember times where we have been spiritually hydrated by God. Those times of specialness. He wants a drink because he can remember as a boy what it was like to grow up drinking from a spring in Bethlehem. So the three mighty men broke through the Philistine lines and drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem and carried it back to David. He refused to drink it. They put their lives on the line. For me to get a drink, I can't drink that. David's thirst was not unusual. What was unusual is that three men would put their lives on the line just to get him a drink. Others are thirsting. It's not just about your thirst. It's the thirst of others also. Are you willing to put your life on the line so they can get a drink? Do you have a gift of music? I haven't played the guitar in a long time. Oh, I haven't done this. I haven't done that. I have a good singing voice. I was in glee club when I was a teenager in high school, but I haven't sung for... You have a gift of music. People are taking care of other people who need a drink. Would you put a little bit of your life online for that? Do you have a teaching gift and you're not using it? Is God calling you to minister to the little ones? If children were thirsting, you'd do everything you can to get them a drink. If you needed to, you'd get a shovel and start digging, try to get a well. There are children that need a drink of water. There are all kinds of gifts that we need to use to get others a drink. And some of the people who need a drink aren't even here. They're in our neighborhoods. They're in New Holland. They're in Reading or Lancaster or Philadelphia. What in the world could a church out in New Holland be doing ministering to people in Philadelphia? They should be out here ministering to us. Who needs the drink? Who's dying of spiritual dehydration? Get them a drink. Here, try to drink. Try to drink more. Come on, try to drink. Get this water in you. That needs to be our task. My last verse, Matthew chapter 10, verse 42. If anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, because he is my disciple, I tell you the truth. And whenever Jesus says, I tell you the truth, catch the next words. Because that, I tell you the truth, in King James is verily, verily, I say unto you. Amen, amen, I say unto you. Or, I tell you the truth. 
he will certainly not lose his reward. Cup of cold water to a little one. Cup of cold water to a babe. Physical, yes. Spiritual, oh yes. Now, our problem that's happening today is we can be trying to get water to people and they have dehumidifiers running full blast. They're doing things in their own life that's dehydrating them. They're dehumidifying their life. They're having the spirit life sucked out of them, dried up right inside of them. We need to do everything we can to get them to the house of the Lord. We need to do everything we can to get them to Christ. Hydrating a thirsty heart is a lifelong purpose for us, for ourselves first and then for others. But Jesus promises a well of water springing up in us to eternal life, springing up in our soul, springing up so that we can minister to others, springing up so our health spiritually can be maintained. Praise the Lord. Church, I'm going to ask you to do something every day for this week. While this message is still fresh, every time you get thirsty, think about your spirit, man. Think about your spirit in your heart. And take your drink and satisfy your thirst. But then take some time to spend it in the presence of God. You can be very busy. Just pause for a moment and say, God, I know you're there. Thank you, Lord, that you minister to me. Thank you, God, that you love me. And thank you that I can love you in return. Keep me hydrated spiritually, Lord, I pray. And I will do my part in living for you and serving you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus.